Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. I'm blessed to have many opportunities to travel to different places in the world that God has opened the door and, and have had some wonderful times with that. And as you heard when I started the service, that, that God's often set out, this is where you go, and it took a long time to get there. And, and sometimes they've been shorter, but not always. And I want to encourage you, especially after hearing the word that Dr. Laird and one of the things he said last week is, none of the prophets knew what was coming. That troubled me. It troubled me. So I've been praying about that. We did have some warnings here. I won't put that down. We did have warnings here in our midst. They didn't go out very far from our midst, but we, God did warn us things were happening, and they're recorded, and many of you are nodding your head. Yes, 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 I remember God warned us something was about to take place. He also warned us about things happening with the government and things like that. So I want to encourage you as a body, as we learn to trust what God says is true, it comes in different forms. Uh, before 9-11 happened, I was actually sitting outside. It was a lovely day on that Saturday before the Tuesday that 9-11 took place. I was preparing my sermon, and I had my Bibles out, and I was sitting outside because it was a beautiful day. And uh, my husband was working in the garage, and he was, I heard him pacing back and forth and pacing back and forth. And I thought, what's going on? And he comes out, and he says, I wouldn't get on a plane in, in the States. I wouldn't get on a plane. I wouldn't get on a plane. Whatever. And he kept saying it back and forth. He comes back he, three times. He said that to me. And I thought, what? You know, and here's the arrogance. I'm very plain with you. You know that. I thought, I'm the prophet. If God wants to talk, he'll talk to me. <laughs> well, God dealt with me about that. I'll tell you what. Because as soon as I heard it, I thought, ooh, that was bad. And uh, I'm like, ooh, I have bad attitude in my heart. God held me. And he did. On Tuesday morning, when it happened, he said, you better come out here. Well, the first thing I did is I hit the deck and repented more. What could I have done different? How could have I approached it different? I don't want to be the hindsight Christian. I want to live there. You know, whoa, I should have seen that coming. You know, I don't want to live that way. So that's why we've made adjustments. We want to hear, and sometimes it takes time. We don't move always quickly. I honestly, I tend to be a slow processor. I hear things. I, I take my time with them. And, and some things I can adjust quickly to. Other things I need time to, to hear from the Lord. I need time to think about what he said. And, and I think that sometimes in our rushed society, we don't do that very much. We think, well, I, I need to have an answer right now. I need to have an answer. One of the things that I've done as a pastor, if someone comes to me, and so if you've been one of them, it's okay, I forgive you. Um, but, but if I get pushed or feel like I'm being backed into a corner, and I need an answer now, is it yes or no, yes or no, yes or no? I'll say no, because if I haven't had time to pray about it, I'd rather say no than say yes and be filled with regret. So I've just trained myself to say no. If, you do, if I can't take the time to pray about it, I I. I I can't go forward. I can't go forward. So with that, uh, one of the things that we've done is, as a pastoral group, we want to encourage you to develop the gifts, to hear from God, and know that no matter how it comes in you, that you've heard from heaven for yourself, for your family, for your church body, for your country, all of those things. Because many of the voices that have come in have tried to really undermine our confidence in God. And so we want to come to a place where, you know what? God did talk to me. You have the Holy Ghost. You're born again. He's going to talk to you. And these are good things. These are good things. And we thank you, God, for the Internet, that it's stable in Jesus' name. Amen. We often have these interesting situations. <laughs> Here's a funny story before we get into where we're going today, which we've had apparently a few areas that we've been driving to. Uh, I, I, we were in one of our first buildings, and... Uh, I don't know, the Lord was moving, and it was before 2008, and I had been prophesying about 
getting yourself out of debt before the thing, and that those who had put things aside, that God would give them the finances because things were going to be coming available, that if they'd been diligent when the things crashed, there'd be availability for Christians to purchase things. And, and, and then 2008 happened in the crash, in the financial crash. And so this had happened. And while I was speaking, and it was kind of one of those wild Sundays where I was running around. I, I had my boots on fire, you know. And, uh, and the, the, I look over, and it, that we were tape recording the messages then. <laughs> and I saw smoke coming out of the cassette player. It's like, and the thing, and the guy behind the, the sound booth is like, ah, ah, and there's tape going everywhere, and it was like, so internet be still, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Technical difficulties. <laughs> it needed help. I think we went through three recording devices, and finally we just gave up. <laughs> they just kept, I mean, they were just, and they were brand new, they were good things, and they just, you know. Um, <laughs> praise the Lord. I've had some strange experiences like that after one particular Sunday I was shared with us. I got on a plane and we were going to a meeting. Only we'd left right after church. It'd be a wonderful Sunday. Changed my clothes in the church bathroom, went right to the airport, hopped on the plane and threw off all of the, the electrical devices in the, you know, I went through the security and all of a sudden all these people showed up with their guns. I'm like, what? You have set off every alarm, ma'am. I thought he was joking. He was not joking. This is a very serious matter, ma'am. And you know, I, I start giggling because that's what. <laughs> no, this is no time to giggle. What have you got in you? Have you got a gun? Have you got, you know, metal? Have you, what have you got? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah. And, that was, and they're like, beep, 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 the whole thing. And they're like, beep, beep, beep. What is it? What are you wearing? God. <laughs> You know, how do you deal with that? I don't know. But eventually, after some special treatment, they let me through and on the plane because they couldn't find anything metal on me. Well, that was really one of my unique experiences. My face feels warm. And uh, when I was, uh, I think, in my early 20s, I think that's when it was. I have it written somewhere. I had a dream about Poland, and and I mean Poland out of Poland, I had a dream about a Black Mary, and how people were going to it, and and uh, it would you know they were going to it for healing. And I knew that, and it was like the Lord said one day you're going to go to Poland, and I went there. I went to Poland, and I've seen some things. I didn't know the Black Mary was like this big. It was a little picture at the time. I didn't know anything about the Black Mary till I researched it after the dream. What I'm telling you is God will use unique ways to speak to you. He may not speak to you like he speaks to me, and that's okay. The point is to develop a place of confidence in what God does say. Know it's God, and then it will just unfold, and it'll come to pass, and you'll all be happy. Amen? So that having said that, yesterday, <laughs> the Lord woke me up with this phrase, so let's turn there. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to read the first verse, but then it'll give you the phrase that God spoke in my heart. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, this is the phrase that I woke with, fulfill ye my joy. Fulfill ye my joy. And so I began to think through all of the different things that happened on a, on a Saturday in my home. My husband was making cheese for the first time. He's making mozzarella. And uh, there was all kinds of things. And the children came up later, and they were putting up the tree. And there was lots of giggling and silliness going on. And, and so there was all kinds of activities. And, but throughout it all, I kept thinking, fulfill you my joy. One of the things that has, without even thinking about it, joy has been a big part in my life without uh, uh, totally concentrating. I look around my, my Christmas decorations and so many of them have joy written on them. I'm just attracted to it. There's something inside of me that lights up. So I've got, and I, I, I didn't realize till I had them all out and there they all were. I had joy everywhere, Amen. including in my heart, but I had joy physically as well. When we were going to pick up Dr. Lairdon from the airport, we had no idea that it was, you know, I'm not a big I've never done a, you know, Black Friday thing. And so we thought, well, we've got some extra time because we wanted to make sure with all the things with traffic, we went a little early and, we, and we'd never been to that little mall thing that's by the 
airport. So we went there and we're walking around. It was like everybody in the world was there. <laughs> and uh, so, and there was this big sign. What did it say? Doreen. So I said, Doreen, you've got to take a picture of me. What's the, you know. Joy is so important to our life. And I've sometimes heard people talk about joy. And then, and then they'll say, well, you know, uh, joy and happy are two things. Like, happy is a bad thing. <laughs> like, oh, no. Like, happy is just an emotion. Joy is what you have in Jesus. And they say it like they've just eaten three lemons. And you're like, what? That don't look like joy to me, and I'm not attracted to that at all. <laughs> I don't know where their joy went when it was all wrapped up in not being happy. Come on, people. Well, that's no one here. <laughs> it's okay to be happy and to have joy. Just saying. What kind of joy is God talking about here uh, through Paul? What's he saying? Fulfill ye my joy that ye be what? Like-minded. I thought, what, what can I do to make God happy? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, how, what's the joy that God's trying to express in his people? And, and look at what the like-mindedness. He says he wants us to be like him. And I know with my kids, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh. Like I, I realized one of our grandchildren, I, when she's talking because she likes to express herself, I have to go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I have heard her go, she's telling me a story now. And she goes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if any of you have been talking to her, you'll know. She'll go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and we'll know right where that came from. <laughs> There's something unique about like-mindedness that causes our heart to stir when, when we see little ones in the right way following in our footsteps. When I've heard our kids praying and calling out on God, I'm like, whew, amen. You know, and, and uh, I said something to Leanna, and she said, well, she said, I went down, and I thought, I, she disappeared for a while, and we'd been out doing some shopping. She disappeared. She comes back, and she goes, I just have a smile. And I went and dealt myself. I was convicted with what you said. I was like, oh, okay. Praise the Lord. But there's a part in that that goes, yes. <laughs> Not about the conviction, but that our heart for God to make it right, whatever that was. She didn't go into detail, but praise the Lord. She went and dealt with it. There's a like-mindedness with our Father God in how we walk. That he wants us to walk in. And he wants us to be happy in. I believe if God has joy in him, that that's one of his great characteristics that he wants manifest in his people. We don't want to look like the Pharisees and sad, you see. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it says that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord in one mind. And I think, isn't that wonderful? It's quite explained. It's quite clear. They were to get into his mind. Now, I don't normally spend a lot of time, especially on a Sunday, talking about what's going on out there. But I want to say this. There are things that people have used scripturally to back up their narrative. That's not God. You know, this is love when you do X, Y, Z. That is not Bible. So you can rest in that. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to explain it. My best advice to you is to walk away. <laughs> when people are blind and when people will not hear, trying to reason with them will not work. So getting yourself tied up in that would just make you upset. When we talk about the love of God being manifest in ourselves, it's not measured by what men say it is. Love in our world has got very, very messy. And, and it's trying to like creep in and be the main voice. It's tried to guide a believer's steps. This is what love is. No, it's not. If you don't do this, you don't love me. We can hear that. You can figure it out just like the Pharisees knew when they were talking about them. When Jesus went in and he said, ooh, and he said a few things. Now, he didn't point out and saying, you guys, well, at one point he did, but <laughs> a bunch of walking grapes. We get that. That's pretty plain. But there were a lot of times he was saying things and giving parables in this, and the, and the Pharisees remarked this way. We knew he was talking about us, and we were choked. Gwen's version. That's not love. 
Love is not measured by the standard of men. The love that comes out of heaven is, is, doesn't need a qualification round. He, he, he comes in and he just, he loves us in our mess, but not just in our mess, but when we do well. And we've got so afraid of doing well. We're like almost embarrassed of it. I did right today, I obeyed God. But next time I'll sin, I'll tell you all about it with all the dirty details. Right? I feel it was bad. I heard the devil's voice. He said, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and Z. And I went, Z. And the details. I went to one meeting. They invited me to come and be a part. And I was supposed to be able to have 15 minutes. The lady got on about her testimony for an hour and 50 minutes. And in the last 10 minutes when we're all like, <laughs> the horror was real. <laughs> I, we were all like, every woman in the, it was a women's meeting, we're all like, <sighs> how did you even survive? You know, one devil thing after the other devil thing, and this is what it said, and this is how it danced, et cetera, et cetera. The last 10 minutes, I will tell you, I did get saved. I think that's why you're here today. And my time was gone. I had nothing left to say after that. I said, well, praise the Lord. Amen. God loves us. And, you know, let's go. And uh, that was about it. But it, that's, the, that's not the love of God. And we become so anger-focused, so wrong-focused, so embarrassed when, when we shouldn't be. I'm not ashamed of what I did right. Yes. Well, there's a deep cost to doing right. If you accept Jesus, you're going to have to pay the price of doing well. It'll come at a great cost. You're going to lose all your friends. Your, your, your family will hate you. It's going to be bad, folks. Jesus loves you. <laughs> and that's why the church is empty. <laughs> That's not the love of God. The love of God goes when, yes, but we're so familiar with the mess scenario and with the mess language, with the mess narrative, that when we come out, we say, God loves you. He's for you. He's going to get you through. We are victorious, not working towards it. I'm not working towards victory. I'm not working at overcoming. I have overcome, and I am victorious. That doesn't mean it never rains. I have a great umbrella. I actually own an inside-out one, and they're kind of fun, but it pops really big, loud, because it's double. You know, there's ones you pull it back, and then all the rain stays inside. You put it in your car, it stays dry. But when you put it, boom! <laughs> and I think it's time we had a little bit of a noisy umbrella. Here it comes, folks. Go ahead, rain on me. I got a big umbrella. His name is Jesus, and I'm going to be just fine. Thank you. Amen. I'm like-minded. I'm like that. I like it. I like that God protects me. I like that I can trust him, and I like that I can be confident in what he says is true. Well, what if, what if you miss it? And? Absolutely. What if you absolutely blow it? Get up. Get up. <laughs> like no one's ever blown it before. <laughs> we've, we've got so focused on blowing up that we don't know how to go up. And it's time we did grow up. Amen. Be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or feigned glory, but in lowliness of mind, let us each esteem each other better than themselves. And this message has got kind of flipped around. That's all right. We'll be the doormats of life. Hmm? We'll just go underneath it all. Yeah, Jesus did. Jesus went underneath it all. He never stood up for anything. No, that's not true. It's not true. It's not true. Jesus spoke what is truth, and it rattled every lie. He didn't go around to everybody. Did you ever notice, like, have you read the Gospels recently? I encourage you to. He didn't go around saying, oh, that's a lie. There's a lie. Lie spotter is out. Oh, you know, didn't do any of that. 
my son-in-law has this thing and it goes around and tells you what the voltage is or whether the things are all beep and it beeps where the electricity is working and all that thing. You know, we've tried to fix lies with a God beeper. Bleep, 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 lie, 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 people lie, folks. You can't fix lies with truth. Doesn't that sound funny? It sounds funny, but it's, it's right. You speak the truth and let the lie die. You let it die. Proverbs says the lying tongues but for a moment, and we're living like the moment is going to last in eternity. People lie. Get up. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. One of the things that happened in one of our prayer meetings this week is that um, I, I, I realize that when people wake up, it's the best time of day. You kind of don't hear anything yet, but you can hear God real clear. You know when you're still in the blankies and everything is cozy and warm? Yes, we all know. And everybody goes, ah. We weren't talking about food. We're talking about comfort. And <laughs> there's that moment right in there where there's this clarity. And in the prophetic words about this time of waking up, just when they wake up, before they get their feet moving, praise the Lord, because sometimes the feet move before the head. And typically getting out of bed, that's how it works. The feet come out, then the head follows. We need to get the place where the head and the heart lead. Amen? So when the body of Christ begins to wake up, there's a moment there of real clarity. Hear what it says and keep a pen and paper handy. Write it down because those moments are often quickly forgotten. I highly encourage people to write down what the Lord is telling them. It will help them. What does it look like to have the joy of the Lord in your life, to be that joy? God's looking for us to walk like him, act like him, live like him, and be happy. Bless the Lord. Be happy. Enjoy God. Enjoy his presence. Enjoy and walk with him. One of the most wonderful things, if, if you've had a hard time finding that place of joy, and I understand, you know, people are depressed, and there's a lot of people with PTSD, and 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 dealing with those things i'm not putting them down in any way but i can't help them if i'm in the ditch with them now it just so happens that god made me quite a joyful person um even from the time i was small uh, my mom had, had said you you always woke up with like a smile on your face well praise the lord <laughs> amen and usually talking but that's not a surprise <laughs> But always bouncing and loving life and, and, and not affected by a lot of what was going around me. As a small child, I had a lot of things. The devil tried to kill me about six months old with allergies and things like that. And, and my father, bless him, he would, we would go down to uh, White Rock. And it, there were certain times of the year that it would be so bad, the eczema, that the only thing that would work was going in the salt water. And he would have worked all day and be very tired. And he'd take one look at me. And I'd be smiling and cheery. And he said, let's go there. And he was always trying to find him. And those days, he didn't know. Those days. <laughs> I talk like it was an eternity ago. In some ways, it feels that way. But there wasn't the understanding there is today about uh, food and things like that, even though I had been tested for all kinds of things. They didn't understand. And so we went through all kinds of different ways. The only way to find out what wasn't working was to eat something and then find out it didn't work, <laughs> which isn't the best way, let me tell you. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we've stood against those things. And today, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to say, I mean, I don't think my hands have been so wonderful in a long time, and God's good that way. So no matter what we're dealing with, God helps you, and, it, and those things come alive, and they're good things. And that joy can work. And it does, it's not affected by circumstances. God's joy isn't affected by what people say and what's going on around you. It's not affected that way. Now, Isaiah, one of my other favorite, I love the book of Isaiah. God spoke to me so many times out of the book of Isaiah. I'm going to Isaiah chapter 12. This just it was so exciting to me when I saw this. And I understand, and of course, I love Nehemiah 8.10. You know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. However, I didn't understand that strength until I, in reflection, I can see it. I didn't know. And I'm telling you that if you're born again, you can have that joy live in you, even if it wasn't sort of one of your, some people are just more quiet, and I get that. But, that, but joy isn't determined by volume, absolutely, although I tend to be quite voluminous. <laughs> but it's not determined that way. It's something that happens inside. In Isaiah chapter 12, it says, in that day, that was a crazy day, by the way, this is a, all things are going nuts around them. Everything's going nuts. 
Oh, Lord, I will praise thee. Though you were angry with me. Ooh, that's not so good. We don't like to hear that. But let's not be changing words. Let's, the most important thing we can do today is to hear from heaven and let the word of God lead us and get in front of other things and other words. We're not looking to their words and they go, oh, well, let's find a scripture for that. Mm-mm, none of that. Come on. I've heard it, and I don't think God's very happy about that. I would say if he's angry about anything, it'd be that. Oh, here. You don't love people because of X, Y, Z. If you love them, you do X, Y, Z. You follow me? Right. You were angry with me. Thine anger is turned away, and you comfort me. Doesn't take long. Notice how long that was. Was one verse? Amen? Boop, boop. Behold, God is my salvation. I like that when I say is. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. There is a well that is for every one of us. And we know that in God's well, there is living water. It says in, in Revelation that there's a pure river of water of life that flows from the throne. That's the, that's the well that we draw from in heaven. But we have a resident well in ourselves here on earth that should be overflowing. Amen. Oh, here, I got enough to just... That well, if we're tapped in right, if we're connected right, if we're in his image, if we're walking in his likeness, should flow freely without hindrance. And out of that, woohoo! <laughs> because those days, because everyone has a day that's hard. But the hardest days are our best days. Because we spent so much time. Well, I don't know if I'm allowed to be happy. I don't know if I'm allowed to do right. I'm going to be uh, apologizing for the last three times. Oh, obey God. And those are the hard times. Things are going well. I don't really need God today. Because we've been so need focused. I want God every day no matter how I feel. Exactly. No matter. But not the kind of want God that I feel like I'm losing stuff. I'm not like wanting God because I have a lack over here. I have a full well. It's full. And not because it's accidentally full. <laughs> right? How many people know Ephesians 5.18? <clears throat> like praising and praising and praising and praising and praising and keeping on praising and getting that well full and getting the well full and getting the well full and keeping the well full. Mm? Keep it full. Don't be a drip. <laughs> Fulfill ye my joy. Then when I walk in his presence, he goes, oh, she's here. There's times. We know that about certain people in our life. They go, oh, they're here. When people first fall in love, they go, there they are. We hope that stays. <laughs> Amen. But that's what, you know, that's where I want to be with God. Here she come. What's she going to listen to today? If I tell her this, will she do it? Huh? Yeah, I probably will. And it might be scary. Don't think I've never been afraid to obey God. There's times he says, I want you to do this. And I'm like, mm -hmm. But joy is attractive. He wouldn't say, fulfill you my joy and be like-minded if he didn't have himself full of joy. When we go to his will, that's never empty. Never empty. So with joy, you draw more out. But do you think it's just drawing out for, for me? No. When Dr. Lairdon was here and we went in, into the shopper's drug room to get his thing, there's this lady and... And I think it was joy that attracted her. There were all kinds of people. It was, there was lots of people in there. She could have gone and talked to anybody. And she decided to talk to me about how afraid she was with everything that was going on. She just started talking. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then she followed around a little bit. And then she, I'm just so afraid. I'm just so afraid. I'm just so Well, you don't have to be. <gasps> it was hard to get a word in edgewise, but, you know. <laughs> I just 
calmly spoke with her and listened. She needed someone who would listen to her. God listens to us, and he knows. And, and he knows what's going on. And so there's this place where if you are feeling like the well level of water is dropping, joy is what pulls it out. And not happy. Happy's good, right? Happy's good. We got that. Happy is good. Joy is different. It comes out of the place where I know my God is good to me. Where he saved me. And his salvation was so good. It was irresistible. And when I come into that place where I, I begin to realize how good it was, not that he saved me out of the mess, but that he saved me into victory. And I began to realize all the things that were removed out of my life so that I could go forward. And then this boldness comes in me and says, I don't care what's in front of me. We can do this. Amen. God's really got this. And not just because it's on a mug or a T-shirt. He's got it. And it's great. Some people are getting filled with joy right now. That's a good thing. Do you remember what it was like that last time he really got a hold of your heart? And how good you felt afterwards and like, wow, was it, what was I doing in the middle part there? I could, why did I take so long? Nobody's ever thought that before, right? When you've, you know, it's been really tough lately and I just, I, uh, praising God is just, mm, and you try the sacrifice and say, Jesus loves me. It's not working. And, and you begin to think about his goodness and how much he loves you in all situations. And suddenly, you know, it, it, salvation wasn't just a day in my life. It is my life. Oh, it's in a moment. It's an eternity. An eternity. An eternity. And then, uh, see, I, I have to be careful because then something starts to go on inside and I feel sort of like I'm going to explode in a right way. <laughs> and I, and I, this, this other scripture, so I've been reading to you this morning things that have lit up my life that I can be more like-minded. He wants to do things. He wants to change things. He wants to grow things. And he wants us to get ready for a great year. He wants us to be prepared so that no matter what goes on out there, we stay focused. We're not distracted. That we have our very confidence in him. I mean, this is a great situation. It's a great month. We celebrate the birth of our king. And that's all great and wonderful. And, and some people used to come to me, well, Pastor, you better be careful. Some people have a very difficult time at Christmas because... So many people pass away, and there's this, and they're missing this one, and their family isn't right. And I'm like, sorry, I make bad face, but, you know, I don't know how else to express that. <laughs> Did I try better? <laughs> My father passed away before Christmas. I don't get hung up on it. Do you think he's hung up on it? Oh, he'll be happy. He'll be probably starting a band somewhere up there. <laughs> Talk about blow your own horn. <laughs> I know he's got a corner in there. He's probably got a few angels wandering around. Come on, we're going to have a band, Gabriel. Come on, let's get going, you know. What you're looking at, what you're looking at, is a great time. We can't even talk about his birth without talking about his resurrection because that's the plan. And I realized in this time, I, I know there are some who are very depressed, but I'm telling you, some of it is clinical and some of it is spiritual. And they're different. Clinical is, is, is something that can be healed and not out of God's way. Not, and, and there are voices that have come through, uh, through psychology and things, which I've taken because I was in nursing, so I, I took those things. And I know that there's words of wisdom in some of it, where it's tr but it's try to come in the church in the wrong way. And so that even if we talk about Jesus healing the mind, restoring the mind, rebuilding the mind, and having the mind of Christ, that people go, there's, it, they'll smile and go, and inside they're going, yes, but this is what I've learned and read in a book. But it wasn't the book. <laughs> and their philosophies, and they hold down people. Their philosophies of men. And they won't bring an answer. If it's clinical depression, it can be healed just like a broken bone. That's right. 
if it's a spiritual depression and other things that have been brought on by situation and circumstance, do you think that that's outside of God's help? If he's the counselor, don't you think we should allow his counsel to come in here? I think he's got better ideas on how to handle it than me. Amen? But we've got to have to hear it again. Because these, these kinds of words came out of the church and there was an embracing of the psychologist's method that's hurting us. Because we haven't, what? See, I could stand up here and, and go on about all the things that I learned and I could try to defy, I could bring out things. And what I would be doing is I would say, here is all their lies and here's what the Bible says. And I would be doing what I spoke about where I'm taking the narrative and, and finding a scripture, right? And I don't want to do that. I want to have the word have it revealed, have it opened up, and change what was. Hmm? See the difference? See the sway in it? When I was preparing to go to Poland, it is a nation that has had much trauma, much hurt, much pain. There was a place that we went where Hitler used to stand with his SS, and he would stand up on the balcony and proclaim and people would gather in the market. I did not know when we were there that that's what took place. I didn't realize, I didn't put two and two together until the person who was walking around with us told us. But that was not before I almost had fallen to my knees. It was the, the oppression in that place was so strong that the prophetic gift inside of me was struggling with the atmosphere of it. And, and I began to, like, tremble. I could feel the hurt in that place. I didn't know. And so I began to ask the, the guide. I said, what took place here? What happened? And he said, he pointed. He said, well, that's where the SS would stayed, and that's the balcony he stood from and made his pronouncements. And the echoes of it were still in that land. And I knew God wanted to change it. In comparison, I had an opportunity to go to Hernhut, Germany, and that's where they had the 100-year prayer, 24-7. For 100 years, they prayed. In comparison, where one, I felt a tremendous burden of depression was very weighty. On the other side, this is where revival took place. In that place, we began to cry again. But it was different. Nobody organized a prayer meeting. And they were primarily pastors who were there. And I think there were 15 of us, maybe 18. And we were in there. And no one said, well, let's have a prayer meeting. That's what we're going to do. We'll just hang on. The, the fellow who was in charge and who was leading us, Dr. Richard William, was there. He didn't say, all right, we're going to have a prayer meeting. It didn't happen that way. Suddenly, we were just all praying and crying out to God. The presence of the Lord was still in that place. The glory that manifested was almost irresistible. I suppose if you wanted to, you could, but why would you? I sure didn't. <laughs> and it was like, I was crying, God, you're so good. His presence was so wonderful, so deep. It could, you could, I could hardly speak. <laughs> Such a comparison, where the voice of the enemy was strong, but the voice of the God brought us to our knees. Not only that, in, in Philippians, where it said that being of one mind, of one Lord, it brought us into a unity that wasn't in the other place. Believe it or not, this strange thing, when we were in the other place, I have a hard time saying his name, Vorschloff. <laughs> probably still not quite right. Everyone stood divided. There was a feeling of being very alone. Even as with, with the weight of what happened there, we turned away from each other because the pain of it was so great. And many people who were there felt it. So we were our little group. And, but it, we went away from each other as we felt the pain. It is interesting. The other side, we were all in it together <laughs> without a word being spoken. 
we looked at each other, the love that was manifest, and we're crying with each other. The love of God so brought us together into one mind. I don't even know or remember how long we were there. doesn't matter. We were there quite a while, apparently. And the presence was strong and good. And when we came from that place and we went to Krakow after in the next city, the Lord had deposited a word in my heart in that place. And it's a word that I feel is very relevant to this day and this hour that we're living in. And if we can hear it, if we can hear it, and the potency of it, it can shift us out of where we are into where God says we need to go. Turn with me, please, to Micah, chapter 9. Oh, sorry. It's chapter 4. The verse is 9. See, I'm already watering up. Amen. God wants us to hear his voice. Amen. Micah chapter 4, verse 9. I'll read verse 8 first so it'll make more sense to you. And thou, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, unto thee shall it come, even the first dominion. The kingdom shall come to the daughter of Jerusalem. Now, why do you cry aloud? Is there no king in you? Is there no king in us? Many have cried. Many have been crying, where is our God? And we've looked to situations of men to fix and be the answer of the day. But the solution is here. There is a king in us. There is a king in us who has been calling us to a new level of prayer. In verse 10, it says, be in pain and labor to bring forth. And this is a time where it's coming back to a labor in prayer, a labor that has been unfamiliar to this generation. But generations that went before, they knew this place. They knew this call. They knew the urgency of prayer that was upon them. And there was a place. Oh, yes, there was a place. That, that the urgency to pray and bring forth the plan of God. This is not the warning, but a call to arise in prayer and hear and receive his plan. And this is the call of the day that must arise among us. That we would not be afraid of the works of prayer. That we would embrace them. That we would get up in them and take hold of them like we have not done. And every person sitting here and watching me online knows this one thing. We have not prayed like we knew we could. We have not. And when we say, where is the answer? Where is our king? He hasn't left. And he's always been there. And he's in me. And he's in you. And he wants to have a voice in this earth. And he wants to have a voice in this nation. And he wants his people to rise up. And he isn't holding back. He's waiting. The words are there. Will we speak them? Will we speak We've looked and we've said, many nations are gathered against thee. This is the truth of our day. And they make fun. And they mock the church of God. And they say, where is the strength? It is time for us to be strong. And courageous. And courageous. And courageous. And courageous. Hallelujah. When the spirit of God is moving and his prophets are being stirred, expect to be stirred. Expect the word of the Lord to come strong. Expect him to speak those things. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet?
I believe the Lord's people should be a people of action, don't you? You heard this morning a stirring and a calling to pray, and I believe that we can all do that. I'm reminded of something that uh, I've heard a few times about John Wesley and him making this observation. He was saying, it seems that God doesn't seem to do anything in the earth unless men pray. And there's something about us praying that makes way for God to do what he's always wanted to do in our midst. And so it's not something that requires you to have this great Bible knowledge that you need to repeat before God to get him to do something. It's a matter of the cry of your heart. So this is what I'd like us to do. I would like us to do that. There are things in your heart right now, things that have been stirred as you've been hearing Pastor Gwen speak, things that the Lord has been talking to you about throughout the week. There have been things that the Lord has been talking to you about. And I would like us to take a moment to do that. We can all cry out to God together. All of us can do that. Now, we don't necessarily need to have music playing, but what we do need is sincerity of heart. That's what we need. Okay? So what I'm going to ask you to do, I want us to take a few minutes, forget other people are around you, and I want you to call out to God from your heart. Wherever you're at in your life, you call out to Him for the things that He has put on your heart specifically. All right, people of God, we're going to do this, yes? All right, let's do this. Thank you, Father.
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Lord, I thank you that you are causing us to rise up and shake off the dust. Shake off those gray clothes. Shake off that stuff that has held us captive. I thank you. You're call- We're rising up in the strength of our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All of us stirring ourselves in our most holy faith. Stirring ourselves in our most holy faith, Lord. This is what you are doing in our midst, and I thank you for it. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Now in this place, let us praise our God. Let us give him thanks for the things that he has done. Let us acknowledge him above all else. Hallelujah. Let us do that. We get our eyes off ourselves and our circumstances and things that are going on, and we look to the one who cannot be seen with physical eyes. We will look with the eyes of our heart, him who is seated upon the throne, that great and glorious one. Think of him who has been raised from the dead. Think of his glorious victory. Think about him who has loved us and has shepherded us and cared for our souls. Let's think of him and glorify him. This is a place where we get to rise up in strength and in the joy of the Lord that is our strength. Amen? Amen. He is good and he is faithful. Let that stirring of your heart be always present with you and never dulled by what's going on around you. Amen? Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W3B1.